What's going on, guys, and welcome back. Today, we'll be talking about Conquest, the best decks to use, the best cards and strategies that have been successful on week one. We're also talking about Nerf Galactus, all the cards that got adjusted in the most recent card balance patch, and probably one of the more important subjects, as always, and that is Snapping 101, when to snap, how to snap, and how to master it for the new Conquest mode. We're going to talk about all that today more on this episode of the Snapchat. And as always, I'm joined by Mr. Alex Kocha. Happy Father's Day. That's when we are filming. And also, happy post-conquest week. Post-Galactus nerf it actually came. How you doing, bud? Happy Father's Day to you as well and to uh, all the other fathers out there in the Snapchat world. Uh, it's been great, Cozy. I mean, I've been really enjoying Conquest. I've been playing an absolute ton of it. I've been like collecting, uh, like I've been amassing tickets, like just trying to amass as many tickets as I can. I'm starting with like all the silvers and then I'm going to do like a nonstop run at gold for a while. And I want to just amass infinite tickets so I can bring the top decks into infinite ladder here. And uh, we're going to be discussing those today on uh, our channel, actually. Yeah, you didn't say the line, Alex. What line? I'm joking. Listen, with the release of Conquest, it's an amazing, if not spectacular time to be a Marvel Snap player. Okay. I was like, are you ill, sir? How are you feeling? Check his temperature. Yeah, dude, I haven't played ladder since Conquest came out. I haven't even touched the ladder since Conquest came out, which is wild and I kind of thought would happen. Uh, we also had Silk come out this week and we have Spider-Ham, which we're going to be talking about on your side of the channel, uh, come out today, actually, which is going to be wild. What else are we talking about on your side of the channel, Alex? We're also going to be talking about bundles, bugs, and blunders. Uh, this is a topic of discussion that I feel needs to occur, and I think Cozy agrees. Uh, you know, there's been a couple of missteps here, and uh, we want to discuss some of the things that the community have been a little concerned about and kind of, you know, give our takes on what we believe is you know the best actions going forward to kind of correct some of these uh, situations. As alluded to prior, we're also going to be talking about Spider-Ham, who I'm actually super excited about. It's actually, I, this might be a hot take, but I'm actually more excited about Spider-Ham than some of the other cards coming out in this uh, particular season. And finally, we're going to talk about our favorite bad cards, because there's just some cards that even though they're statistically terrible, you just love and you want to play all the time. And we're going to talk about those, Cozy. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about the bundles. Uh, first of all, they get three times the value of the conversation, Alex, which is massive. Big numbers, 10 times the value. Uh, we can slap whatever we want there. Uh, important conversations to have. Definitely looking forward to that. We're going to talk about, obviously, the conquests and all of the decks, cards, things that are working for us. And, uh, man, just the patch as a whole. We have another OTA coming this week. And snapping, Alex. I, I think one thing that is made pretty evident from conquest, from uh, my opponents at least, is like, we could use a little refresher on snapping and what pros do and what you probably should take into consideration as Conquest is very different than the latter. Now, let's go and start easy. We're going to just talk about Silk came out last week. Uh, kind of it got blown by because of obviously, I don't know, the huge patch and uh, Conquest coming. Fun card. I, I actually really enjoy Silk. Alex, it's a card I, you know, kind of dumped into my Sarah Miracle decks, into a lot of my move decks. A little crazy. Not using her all the time, but I enjoy her. Did you get the card? And uh, if not, what do you think? So in this particular case, I decided to skip this release. Yep. I'm definitely targeting Spider-Ham and uh, the other Spider-Man Karm 20, uh, 2099 that's coming out so uh, shortly as well. And Silk was like the one at 6,000 tokens. I was like, you know what? I can go without it. Yeah, I can go without it. And I mean, listen, I have the tokens, but I'm cheap. I like hoarding my tokens and I get, listen, I have buyer's remorse all the time. Statistically wise, it's not horrible either. Like it looks like a pretty good card. So, I mean, your experience will obviously indicate whether or not my impressions are correct, but I did feel I could skip this one. If I'm being called, totally honest with you, Cozy. Yeah. So first let's talk weekend missions. They, they, they didn't really announce much about them in the patch. It kind of just like snuck in. I didn't like, and that's the problem when you release too much content. It's like, you can't address everything. I uh, wish they would have said more, but we did get to see what it looks like for all of one minute before they pulled them back. And uh, I think what everybody's getting 
God Silk is getting a thousand tokens and then they're also giving everybody gold or something. But what I will say is just at a glimpse, I do like that uh, if you play with a new card, you get a thousand tokens back. That, that's that's kind of cool. I think uh, it was better than I thought. I was hoping it wasn't like a slap in the face, like 200 collector tokens or uh, something small. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing worth noting here is that a thousand tokens was not insignificant. Like that was a lot. Like, and I do believe that there's some indication that like it's not going to be like that every week. The thousand, the thousand tokens may not be like that every week. They're going to be uh, testing different values in order to see what works for them, which is totally fine. It's ex it's what's expected, right? But uh, I mean, based on like for instance the collector bundle, we know what the theoretical you know value of ten thousand tokens is. A thousand's not insignificant from a monetary perspective. So. It was it was a great mission. Unfortunately, it didn't end up happening, but anybody that could have got the benefit of it is going to be getting those in their inbox, which, I mean, what else can you really ask for from their yeah. part? Like, you know, they're, they're giving them out, and that's that's key there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so quickly to wrap it up on Silk, um, I like the card. Sometimes I put cards like Arnim Zola into my deck for that quick surprise or to give some type of way to get to a unreachable location without Jeff and Doom. Uh, and Silk feels like a very cheap way to do that. With a little extra power, it was actually a lot easier to get her to something like Sanctum or maybe Quantum Realm that sets everything to two because you're able to play one card, get it over there. If it goes to another lane, you do it again and your opponent can't typically play on that lane or they avoid it in some situations, but that can also bite you with things like Superflow. She felt really good and she did make Craven better. Not as good as I thought, but better for sure. So with that, man, I like I, we have to obviously just start with Conquest, and uh, we kind of pre-talked about it last week. Now we've gotten our hands on the game mode, and I want to talk mainly like how are you going about it, the strategies, first impressions, and then uh, a fun thing we can do is obviously talk about the decks that are performing the best, which a couple can surprise you, uh, and then our favorite cards from each cost. Maybe not the best, but ones that we would highlight as MVPs, if you will. Uh, this will be kind of the meaty subject, and I'm excited. Uh, first, uh, you know, you said that you play Proving Grounds a lot right now. And I've seen this, Alex. I've seen people playing a lot of Proving Grounds to get silver tickets, to win all the top, top dogs in gold, go to the Infinite Conquest, then you start getting your gold tickets, and then you do the Infinite Conquest if you can or want to. Uh, is that your approach? What are you doing there? Yeah, so there's a couple different approaches to how like to actually handle the meta of collecting tickets, one might say. And uh, for me, it's been a mass silver and then a mass gold. And the reason for this is because I feel like the headspace and the mindset of approaching silver matches and gold matches is totally different than proving grounds. Like proving grounds, like is basically you know you snap turn one, they snap turn one, and then you guys go balls to the walls, and then hopefully someone wins. The, hopefully you win the game and you get your uh, your ticket right. But when you're actually moving into silver and gold. The mindset completely changes. It becomes very competitive. Every snap matters. That's why I love the snapping one-on-one topic because, like, it completely changes the landscape of conquest. Conquest mode at its base value, Alex. One thing I want to just make note of, like the first thing that I want to say, is there's a reason I'm not playing ladder right now. Uh, seriously, and it's mainly if you look at it, ladder gives no rewards. Well, actually, it requires you to reach a rank to get rewards, right? And there's always pressure every game. If you want to go for the missions, if you want to test out a deck, Conquest, on the other hand, doesn't have the stakes, especially Proven Ground. You get to pick your rewards on top of that if you're not playing a ton, even though it feels like more of a time commitment. Ultimately, I think it's uh, really not at all and how you can space that out. And I got to start with Proven Grounds. It is the unranked mode. Now, it's a little long on some people's front if they don't snap or whatever. But my gosh, like it's perfect. It's perfect to test decks, man. I, I don't know about you, but I've been using it uh, like crazy to see different builds and test different habits. Uh, how about you? 
Proving Grounds is, is a perfect unranked mode because the key thing is you're, you're getting medals for the metal shop. And I actually had this shower thought. I'm like, I hope they don't get rid of the medals from Proving Grounds because like, not that you can farm, like 15 medals is not a lot, but you ain't getting 15 medals at rank 70 playing a, you know, a crystal deck because you're trying to experiment. Like it just doesn't work that way. Right. And so like Proving Grounds, I think is great. And it's, I think it's a lot of fun. I really do like yeah. it. And the fact that it's like the de facto unranked mode, I think is okay. There are some people that I think would prefer uh, like a specific unranked mode like you queue for the single game. Like I get that. But I think for the time being, especially knowing that Second Dinner is a small studio, like listen, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out there and say it. I'd rather that PC UI come out faster <laughs> than get it unranked mode. This is fine for me if that PC mode is coming out faster. If we're getting a, uh, you know, a full release of PC faster because we're skipping that unranked mode and Proving Grounds is going to be our de facto way to play that, I'm all for it. I'm yep. all for it. I'm sold. It's so cool that it kind of checked two boxes off, right? Like we got a sweaty rank mode. We got an unranked mode kind of in there as well. You know, we're guaranteed not to play bots outside the miscommunication, which I don't know how that was missed. I get it. It made a lot of sense. Turning players, you know, going in for the first time, you get a bot. Uh, but they, was, they said there's no bots. And then to get a, a bot for your first match on each thing felt weird for a second. Uh, but it feels so cool, especially, I'm going to say as a content creator, knowing that I'm not going against bots. Like knowing that I just get to play hopefully most of the time, pretty, pretty damn good decks. So for proving grounds, what I like about it is I either test my decks out. Okay. I test out different decks that I'm building. I can refine a destroy deck. I can refine a bounce list. Like this card seemed good and eh, not really. I tested it on a few and just collected those silver tickets. Right. But then also, man, I, there was a couple times where I was multitasking, you know, trying to take care of my son and stuff. I ran an Agatha list, man, just ran Agatha at its core. And I got four silver tickets running Agatha, running Agatha. That was a good amount of games, but it doesn't matter. Like it was wild and boosters on top of that. Like sign me up, man. It is a lot of fun. And I'm glad that it takes some of like the, the heat off of ranked because like, I think there's a lot of people out there. Like I talked to a lot of my friends who are casual. They just, sometimes they just don't want to play ranked. They don't want that pressure. They just want to actually play a video game like Marvel snap. It's like, listen, if you're playing pickup hockey, you're playing some shinny somewhere, you know, men's league or whatever you're playing in the beer leagues. Like, you just want to go for a skate. Yeah. You don't need to go like you're going to the, the chell every time. You know what I mean? And I think that this unranked mode, I think, takes a little bit of heat off. And I can't get over the fact. I know this sounds ridiculous, but, like, I love the fact that you're getting these medals. And even if you're not really getting to gold or infinity ladder or anything like that, you're still picking up enough medals from playing Proving Grounds. Like, you can you can probably get that uh, Green Goblin uh, variant. I think you could. Like, yep. I'm on pace, too. And yep. I haven't been playing a ton of gold yet. I'm saving that for this week on stream. So it's like... I think you can achieve a lot with that shop. Kind of what I did or the way I approached it is I did Proving Grounds and then Silver is where I would be like, okay, this is the deck I'm going to take into gold, but I'm going to kind of tweak a couple things here and play it out. Now, even if I won or lost, I kind of looked at uh, the cards that I was playing and I would look and say, what card really didn't provide the value, I thought. Almost like you do on ladder a little bit, but... Because you're playing, kind of the, there's like 10 meta decks in there, you get much more of a concentrated testing grounds. And, and so that's something that I enjoy doing in silver more. Uh, and or people are still very competitive in silver. There's something to lose, you know, uh, especially for those that go in through the, the proven grounds. Uh, but then even between the gold wins, I have to tell you, there was times I'd win two in a row. In fact, on my, my recent Surprise Ultron video, and I would switch my, my cards around a little bit into that third battle which is a bit risky, but I noticed there's some things that weren't providing the value. And so that is kind of how I'm approaching at least the base conquest for me. And it's, it's working out pretty good. You touch on a very, very important thing. And I kind of want to bring this up in terms of like strategy, the idea of tweaking decks. 
And I'm going to say this, and I think this might come to a shock to some people, but anybody who's been playing Conquest a lot should figure this out. A ladder deck does not necessarily equal a Conquest deck. Not even close. I really do believe you cannot just take a top-tier ladder deck and just smack it into Conquest and be okay with it. I mean, some can, like some of the really broken decks we'll probably talk about at some point today, like the high evil ones and stuff like that. Yeah, okay, fine. There's a little bit of universal, like, you know, uh, spanking going on there. However, what I will say is like, you just can't take a ladder deck and assume it's going to perform as effectively in Conquest because there's just too much variability in, first of all, your opponent's, and in the way that like the games are playing out, because you're losing that surprise factor in just one game. If you're playing four separate matches, right, the way you're using surprise cards becomes so much more important. So I do think there has to be specific deck building considerations around Conquest specifically. And I'm glad you're making those adjustments on the fly, because I think while you're practicing and like you're like, if you're going through silver and gold, you're like, you know what? I think these cards need to change. It's not carrying its weight. You need a card to carry its weight to win infinite. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think you you really said it well. I'll say that Proving Grounds, you probably could just use a pretty good deck that's standardly good because it's like, it's just like eight cube snap. What's consistent? What wins a lot? Get your ticket, go on. But dude, yeah, in Gold Conquest, I can't tell you how many decks I beat because I knew what they were doing. I knew exactly what they were doing. They didn't know what I was doing. And that's kind of a lot of the decks I built. Uh, they do. They have three cards at least that are completely out of the blue. The juggernaut, the, the, the what is this doing in there? And that alone... Has won me. I, I have done way more eight cube games in Conquest than I ever have in Ladder. It's because I know I'm about to surprise and I need to just collect while I can. And, and we're going to talk about that more in Snapping. So let's go to, uh, let's start with the decks and then we'll move to our favorite cards. Now, when it comes to the decks, Alex, I'll let you kick us off here. Give me, give me one or two that either you've played against or yourself. You're like, it's just felt damn reliable. So one that I've absolutely loved that I've been crushing with, honestly, I almost don't want to say it cozy because like it, I don't want it in the meta, but Sandman, Sandman yeah. ramp, honestly, oh, yeah. it's been so good. Like the amount of times I see like uh, Kitty Pride come out on turn one, I'm like, nah. I snap. I got Sandman. I got Wave. This game's over for you. Like, you're getting nothing for me. There is no way you're getting 10 cubes for me. Like, there's no way. So these Sandman ramp lists with ha that have Wave in them naturally anyways just completely destroy these extremely greedy things. Now, it's a little susceptible to uh, to High Evolutionary because, like, they, they, High Evo don't care. High Evo don't care about no Sandman. So then you just don't play that Sandman. You use some of the other pieces. You try to out-temple them with, you know, uh, you know your your Odins and your Doctor Dooms and stuff like that. I think the big play there is usually using Arrow to uh, supplant their their Hulk play. That's what I like doing. I Listen, I've been playing a ton of Arrow lately. It's, it's so good. No one expects Arrow. It's a surprise card again. It's a surprise card again. But yeah, for me, Sandman Ramp's been like, there's two decks I've been playing a lot of. Sandman Ramp, and it, like, it's been insane. Yeah, Ramp has been uh, really good because it's one one of those that if you don't have an answer to it, you're done and or doesn't care about curve in the later game as much. Right. So it's just it's it's much more dependable. And man, it just it's so funny to me. We'll talk about Galactus in a second, but it's like the overreactions of things like wave. Like, guys, there's a lot to, uh, to be upset about. I, I do get that. But the, the thing that is time and time again is it just immediate reactions, gut reactions quickly. They nerfed it. They killed it. You know, F second wave now, dude, is it is such a wild card. It is, it is truly a wild card that is. I thought they'd done it pretty well. I do. As someone that loves Sarah a lot, it's frustrating. Like, I'll go in with the perfect hand, and I'm like, you snap it on five. What an idiot. Like, what is he doing? I'm killing him. He plays wave. I'm screwed, right? Like, it, it, it is truly 
a, a crazy card while also keeping these decks still pretty competitive. And Sandman Ramp offers power, combo, disruption. Yeah, that's a good one for sure. Uh, we'll check them off the list. High Evo is, listen, <laughs> the way that they said it in their patch notes, it's kind of obvious he's going to get some kind of tune-up. They, they've already said that they're going to dress him in some kind of light way. Uh, you know, I think it does need to be done in some uh, sort of fashion. It's kind of hard to pinpoint one card. Is it the Hulk? Is it Cyclops? Is it them all together? Should High Evo just be a 4-0? Should he be a dead card in your hand? I've seen some weird kind of takes, and I'm going to be interested in what they do uh, to kind of lower the consistency because uh, listen the amount of comments i got on my jane jaw video like this deck's okay D jane jaw high evo right now is just like sweeping it's just it's killing and so those those are the decks you guys can see the list right here both these decks doing uh phenomenal jobs if you guys want just a a pretty consistent deck before they probably address it alex now uh, we'll talk about consistent decks in a moment but balance too uh, we we kind of talked about this we thought this would happen but it's those decks that you can nope out of your decisions that are doing well, yeah? Absolutely. Balance is pretty wild. And uh, I took balance into uh, to gold and uh, been experimenting with it quite a bit. And I, I like it a lot. I really do like it a lot. But it is very susceptible to wave. Like, if they have wave, it's like, oh, man. But if again, if they have wave, you you dump your, your uh, hit monkey hand on turn five. The deck that I've been playing with balance actually carries a Chavez, not just because it pushes everything down, helps you, but like it gives you the opportunity. Okay, they're playing wave or whatever. I'm going to play my hit monkey hand on turn five. Usually it's hit monkey Mysterio and, uh, you know, whatever else. Kitty Pride's usually a write-off, right, unfortunately. <laughs> and then you play, you have a Chavez play on six, right, which yeah. is still a nine power play. So you still have some counterplay to some degree, but it's pretty rough. However, I will tell you, though, if they don't have Wave and they don't have Sandman, it's probably one of the absolute best decks in Conquest because, like, you can nope out of locations. You have the mobility. You can just do so much. And the power, you can go so vertical, so vertical. And my yeah. favorite has been the versions with Bast where I'm, like, literally playing a 1-3, uh, you know, uh, hood. And then I got, like, multiple uh, demons in my hand just waiting to go down as well because I've been falconing them up and I got beasts and... I've been loving it, but I miss pilot it though. Like it's, it's so hard to pilot. It takes a lot of practice. Yeah. It's made, it's been made easier to pilot with kitty pride, but that doesn't take away that it's still, it's still a tough deck. And, and what you said is perfect, right? Snap is all about winning what? Two out of three locations. Balance allows you to see what locations are doing, spread your power out a little bit. And then the thing that it does the best is you can build up your power and they can't address it unless they have Shadow King. Like, it's it's not high enough for Shang-Chi. When it is high enough, it's too late. You've already... They, they have the priority. You're able to do the priority dance. Killmonger, uh-oh, I'm going to bounce my kitty back, right? Like, it's just... it's. Oh, man, it's a tough one. I like it. I think it's in a, it's in a cool place. We can talk about Beast a little more at the June patch. Now, outside of Bounce Man, consistency, right? Consistent decks that do well. Patriot, I thought would be my go-to. Patriot it is my go-to deck. You know, I was testing out all these different decks, Alex. Testing them out, and, and as you know, my first Conquest video uh, was uh, was Surprise Ultron. Because the whole reason I even played that deck back in the day was on the ladder, I disguised it as a Sherry deck. I was literally hinting, I, I've got my Zero, I've got my Lizard, and then I was like, oh, what's this Invisible Woman doing here? You know, well, bam, I, I would throw out some cards. I kind of wanted the same premise for Conquest because I figured it would probably do well. And it's kind of hard to disguise as a high Evo deck at the moment or whatever, but it, it has worked massively. He is so consistent, whether it's with Patriot Lad or just consistent Patriot Man. I, I have loved what he has done for me in Conquest. I love the fact that I was playing Conquest. And I went against like three or four Patriot lists and I'm like, hmm, 
I went to YouTube and typed in Cozy Snap, and I'm like, that's why. There it is. <laughs> Cozy Surprise Ultron list is back, baby. And I got to tell you, it's per it's performing really well. I think it's great. And uh, there's not a lot of Enchantress. There's just not as much no. Enchantress. I think people are running greedier lists right now. Like, I think that, like, even High Evolutionary does not naturally run Enchantress. So, like, people running those de uh, those decks, like, they're going to have a hard time competing with uh, the, the straight-up value proposition that Surprise Ultron can do. So, I really liked your list. I thought it's great. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's the, uh, it, what it is, too, I think it's Wave. I think it goes back to Wave, Nerf, Sarah. Sarah isn't out there as much. Sarah and Enchantress is not out there, and then you can play more. Uh, and in the deck, Brood is, like, the only one that I have that's, like, more of an obvious Patriot card uh, through the first few turns, right? Uh, but this is a card, right, that you could play into Death Domain or Altar of Death, and it has... A lot of these Patriot cards have variety and, and, and variability of where you can play them, which is great. But people, uh, the reason I kind of prefer this more than the Patriot lad is like Mr. Sinister's great, but it's just a dead giveaway. And the whole purpose of the deck is to capitalize on cubes as much as you possibly can, right? And so that's a deck I like a lot. Discard, I haven't been playing as much. I've, I've ran against it a lot, though, I feel like. Discard's been pretty good. Pretty good. It can be somewhat annoying against like the wave style play because like you get stuck with the swarms in your hand sometimes, but it doesn't usually feel so bad. Like if you know they're playing that kind of deck, you can dump your swarms. Like it's easy. There's zero cost if you've proc them, right? So it, it ultimately ends up being relatively reliable. One deck that I've been playing a lot that I love, and it's one of the ones that I did one of my first videos on, was, was a junk deck. It was a toxic yep. junk deck. And that's the one that had Valkyrie in it because I had Sentry in it. And people would see Sentry, they're like, like, no idea what's going on. Like, why is, who's playing Sentry in 2023? And it's basically, they would sit there and be like, okay, there's, I, I win the right lane. Like, he has a negative 10. What's going to happen? And they played Viper over here to kick over the hood. So, like, what's his play? And then, sure enough, it's like, Valkyrie says hello. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, and yeah. it's like, oh, he's a Valkyrie. Who's playing Valkyrie and Sentry together? So, like, I've been playing this Toxic deck, which is great, because, like, I don't even have to use Hazmat half the time. Like, I just win off of everything else. But, like, oh, man, I'm, I think I'm a believer in Sentry, by the way. Like, low-key. Oh. Oh, I think I really like Sentry. I like, I listen, I played like a hundred something games of junk and Sentry has really warmed up for me because people just don't know how to respond to it. And that's so advantageous when you've played a card hundreds of times and then someone is like looking at it like, what Sentry mean? Like, what does that even mean? It's so advantageous in Conquest. I feel like he's probably better in Conquest than Ladder too, because in, in Ladder, if you have like locations that don't work or like, you know, you can't play in the whatever left or middle, you're just like, damn it, I hate this card. It's terrible. But like, if that happens to you in Conquest, you just retreat and you go to the next battle and you let it be, you know, a more favorite position. So yeah, that is a, uh, that's a good point. There's a, kind of a lot of cards that slide into that, that role on Ladder, not dependable because of X, Y, and Z. Conquest, you can nope out. You can get out of there. Dude, I gotta say, I, I've got a, a huge deck guide coming out this week. I, I've been working on it already for a while. Destroy has been awesome. Destroy has been fantastic for me in Conquest. Uh, for multiple reasons, uh, things like Arnim Zola is so hard. If you don't have the Cosmo or Arrow, it's over. You're getting like at least four cubes from it, from my experience. It's a deck that is similar to Bounce, where you can kind of nope out of a lane and then go back into another lane, which I uh, that's what's been crushing it. For me on gold conquest uh, so destroy is one that I, I i encourage people to go and test out a little bit more move decks i did play a good amount of move uh that's how i got my first couple tickets and uh, that is exactly what i thought it, it's still pretty damn good the move wave is pretty killer alex yeah i played some move as well it wasn't bad I, I just, you know what it is? I just move still feels like it needs a little something i actually am a believer in ghost spider i do like ghost spider a lot but like 
I, I'm gotta be honest with you. Like I, I'm not a fan of Human Torch. I just don't. I just don't nah, want to play those yeah, Human yeah. Torch style decks. So it's like I don't know. Like I'm, I'm. I think I need to do more testing with Move. But one thing I will say though, I have a question about your Destroy. Have you been playing Destroy with Deadpool or without Deadpool? Deadpool. With Deadpool. That's surprising. When you do things just right with this deck, it, it, man, it has the ability to be both consistent, but then over the top crazy, right? So that's what I like about it. I can put up reliable power, but then if they wave, boom, I can null an Arnhem, which is, which is tough to, to manage. And that's one of the things you have to work, ar uh, work around. But with Deadpool, if they don't have wave, fantastic. If they do have wave, I kind of just said the other strategy, right? You have death that's constantly working down, which is awesome too, because potentially... You can do something so easily, and you can do a death in Arnim Zola. You can do a death four-cost card. Vino. I mean, there's there's a lot you can uh, throw down on one turn. Carnage, Bucky Barnes, plus a card you just played, plus death. I mean, things can get out of control, which leads to overconfidence, which leads to big cube wins. And I just find it pretty easy to get the value out of Deadpool. Sometimes I leave him on there as a 1-4, dude. I'm not always trying to, 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 to destroy him. Like, people, it, I don't know what it's about scaling cards. But it's like, oh, but, but I've got I've got a way to destroy him. I, I can get it bigger. And it's like, nah, dude, just take the one four, you know? It's funny you mentioned that because there is that obsession with like, I remember when like even Black Panther came out. Like, I'm like, hey, I got a 64 Black Panther. That is absolutely obscene. And you really never need that. Someone and there are other people are like, I'm going to get Black Panther to 15,000. And it's like they gave so many cubes away. And then eventually I, I think Binks broke Black Panther completely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they nerfed Onslaught, right? Like after that. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, hey, 64 or 32 is probably totally fine, guys. We don't need to go absolutely ham here. But uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, even even with uh, Human Torch, like really a 1-4. Like I'm complaining about Human Torch, but 1-4, it's done its job, right? So yeah. I, I like that. Does Sabretooth make the cut for your destroy list or no? Is Sabretooth still dead in the water or what? Oh, man, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm playing Sabretooth, bro. I'm playing yeah, Sabretooth. Yeah, it's okay. I'm glad he's back. I was, I've was i been wanting Sabretooth I don't even know if he's comeback. back. I think he's coming from the... From the great, like, I did, was he ever good? You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like, he's he's here, right? Like, he's hey, what it is is it's capitalizing. You know what? I'll just give a sneak peek. I don't really care. I think it's not launching until Tuesday, Wednesday. What it is is it's capitalizing on power. You are having ways to get power, but also keep the power that you destroyed to get the power and overloading. If they don't play wave, overloading. If you expect wave, then you, you play them out on five, but like death. Could be for free or very low. Sabretooth is free. You have potentially a one-cost Deadpool. And then you have, let's say, Carnage Bucky Barnes. Dude, that's like, that's enough power to win any lane. Uh, like, seriously, it is. And then you have, like, the other tools. Again, this is what I've been playing massively. And Alex is getting uh, exposed to me. I, uh, the, you get all the tools you need, too, like Arnim Zola, to get to these other lanes. And then, you know, I even have uh, some tech cards in there that help me out or surprise cards. So, uh, yeah, Sabretooth, man, made the cut as well. And uh, even at a three, four, if I can't do anything out of them, I'm like, all right, you know, they armored the lane. I'm like, okay, it's okay, you know. And people forget that you destroyed them too. Like, if you hold on to them, you know, they kind of forget a little bit. So I still wish it was a three, five with Silk being a two, five, but I'm starting to understand a bit more, uh, if you will. So, you know, the, the lists are, are great. We have a lot that are doing well. Rocks and Hawks, I ran a ton, man. Like, God, I still think Colson, he is pulling his weight, he's doing a good job. Enchantress isn't really out there. And it can't be understated, Alex. Darkhawk, one of my favorite things about that card, which we'll talk about him, I'm sure, later, is locations helping the hell out of him. Like, it's crazy.
If you tell me you love Subterranea, if you tell me anything positive about Subterranea, I'm literally going to smash my mic and walk away. It's more like Vibranium Mines or like, okay. you know, like we're, I'm like, I know I don't even have to play in that location and then my Darkhawk's going to be a million power. You know, Subterranea, listen, it's been Bro's favorite location. Uh, so, uh, you know, there, there are some closet fans, but uh, nah, dude, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not crazy about Subterranea. Uh, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, you know what? As you guys can see, the decks are good. These are the ones you do see in the ladder, but let it be known, there are a lot of little variants, right? Uh, if you listen to the podcast, we're not showing all these decks, but there's little variants to throw in here, and some of them might be these cards that we're going to talk about. Now, these may not, not may not, these will not be the best cards at every cost. These are just our favorite cards, week one of Conquest, that you think made a pretty good difference in your Conquest runs, Alex. We're going to start with one cost. Hit me. For me, it's Iceman. I know that it's absolute cringe for any bounce or combo based list that I'm against. And I dropped that Iceman on turn one. And it's just like, they're like, you serious? I'm also a big fan of holding it till turn four and dropping on turn four to maximize the opportunity to hit their Sarah. If I know they have Sarah, you know, maximize the chances of ruining their hand. It's great. You don't necessarily even need to do that if you're running wave, which is I've been doing a lot of my decks. But I think that Iceman Loki has been extremely frustrating for a lot of the combo uh, centric players out there. Yeah, yeah, just a good, always, it just, he maintains always feeling good to play. Like, on curve, not on curve, to fill out turn five even, like, you know you're messing him up, and I think Spider-Ham, I'm excited to talk about him, because I think he'll do that job really well as well. Um, you know what am I, too? Um, and, and by the way, feel free on some of these to, to say a couple, because I think there's some big impact cards, I think, in this specific use, the more the better. So, first of all, Quinjet uh, is a card I'm using a lot more of, and my two one-costs are two cards that it's Quinjet and it's Howard the Duck, actually. And it's because these two cards give you nothing. They give you nothing. If you play this with Rocks and Hawks, maybe it gives you a bit more information. But Quinjet and the value of pulling random cards in, in Conquest is so much... It's crazy better, right? Uh, and Howard, he gives me the tools that I need to do well in knowing when to snap, when to stay, which I think is more important. Uh, but also, again, this gives my opponent nothing absolutely nothing and it plays into a lot of my strategy with snapping 101 yeah basically all it tells your opponent that you're the one person that bought howard the duck probably essentially like yeah, that's it like oh he has a howard the duck at infinite like who even played like yeah so it's if anything it's just completely confusing they might just retreat honestly like for fear of what you're capable of <laughs> but i actually do like those picks a lot uh moving to number two though can i hit you with the number two that i think is wild and yeah, i've been really enjoying yeah yeah what's up I, and i know you're gonna like it i know you're gonna like okay. it. okay it's it's daredevil like Daredevil oh, has yeah. been so good because like, okay, I think that there might be a bit of a problem with location lockdown right now. Like it's just, a wee bit. it's so wild because I mean, we're going to be talking about a number five card that I really like too, that I think gives a Daredevil a nice high five, uh, no pun intended, but like, honestly, Daredevil has been wild. Anytime you like you're the cubes are on the line, you're in a conquest match and you really want to make sure you close out the win. Having Daredevil on your side of the board just feels so good. And I've been on the other side where I'm playing like a deck like Silver Surfer where I'm not naturally playing a Daredevil and uh, they have Daredevil on the board. And I'm like, damn it. What are they going to hit me with? Where, where is that Prof X going? Where is that Gamora going? Where is the blank? Whatever. It is so rough in conquest when you play Daredevil and that, it's like when they snap, you're like, Damn it, right? I want to play Daredevil just to knock out their Daredevil. So now the Daredevil effect doesn't even happen. I'd rather it be that way. So I think Daredevil's been a wild two cost. When it's played against me, dude, you're right. I question everything. I'm like, well, my whole, I'm exposed. I know, like, they, they know everything I'm doing now, right? Uh, uh, I like the pick. Uh, for two costs for me, um, there's a couple that uh, I feel like I could choose from. I want to say first and foremost, Luke Cage. 
Yeah, the high Evo stuff, that's a big time bonus. I mean, that's like a shut them down, folks, right? Late, late turn Luke Cage, let them have the Hulk lane. All that Cyclops garbage they built up, take it away. Location variance has come in so clutch, man. I can't even tell you location variance coming in clutch. But also small things like, uh, I mean, Valkyrie, who we just talked about, right? Like Valkyrie uh, and not having to worry about that. I was playing him in a bass list where it's like, dude, you have these other cards here. Why are you playing with high power? Because Iron Man Bass is so busted. Uh, but Luke Cage protects you from that, right? Luke Cage protects you from so much. Uh, and I feel like he's just been really good as a plug-and-play card that I've been using in, in Conquest. Scorpion is also a low-key banger. Now, I, I, I kind of played him again because of the, uh, the, the, the recent bundle or whatever. But man, just like I feel like it just like neuters some decks out there for what they're trying to do. Scorpion's always been one of those cards. Like, I mean, I picked Iceman for my number one, right? Iceman Scorpion's the most toxic one-two combo in Marvel Snap, and like, it is great. And I'm actually surprised Scorpion didn't see as much play with Abomination, right? Like, it didn't make a lot of the lists with Abomination, which is kind of surprising, considering like originally we thought it was going to have a huge synergy, right? Oh. I do like that pick a lot. And oh uh, yeah, Luke Cage has been wild. Luke Cage has been an MVP. Like, I'm playing it in Surfer. I'm playing it pretty much anywhere I can naturally slide it in because of that defensive side. Like, and honestly, it's defensive against locations it's defensive against your opponents it's defensive against high evolutionary can you imagine that 20 percent of your games it's going to have a very extremely important role to play so i do think that uh, luke cage was an excellent pick on your part thanks buddy and, and obviously guys hey jeff all that like yeah good cards we know that they're great hit monkey i talk about jeff every week dude i was hoping i was hoping you didn't bring i was gonna i was like here we go it's like you know what two cards got jeff the show i'm like here we go yeah. uh, three cards buddy what do you got I mean, I feel bad. My three and four are like, really, Alex, you, you got to say these. But like, how do I not say wave? Like, how is it not wave? Yeah, Like, wave fair. is that's literally, fair. it's the best. It's the, it might be the best card in the game right now, in my opinion. Like, I, Strong when wave. I did my like pull three cards to unlock thing, I'm like, wave number one. Like, it's, it was too easy for me. I think this card's an insane card. The nerf was not a nerf. I don't care what anyone says. This card is bonkers right now. It is it, like, you can literally put this card in your deck and shut down entire archetypes by itself. Like, it's just, yeah. And the other thing about it, and I don't mean to just ramble here, but like wave, the traditional wave with Hulk, with She-Hulk, it used to be similar to Leech in a sense, where like it was a three power play on five because you, you rolled the two mana, right? But like now, like you can play a two cause, you can play Luke Cage and wave on five and yeah. it just completely bounce up your, your things against High Evo or whatever and shut down any combo play with, with uh, Wasp or anything. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like because of the amount of good two cost cards coming out, it's allowed two, three to be played on five, which is just like much better than it previous was. Bro, this is not a sexy pick either. Storm, listen, I thought Storm was going to be like the uh, card to play because of uh, the amount of multitasking she does. Dude, I'm putting her into decks that, that, that almost have no business needing her in there. Like I need to have a way to put cards into those locations which I typically do anyway because of high Evo lockdown and all these other things going on. I just, dude, I can't tell you how great it is to have you bar with no name, you know, up there. Or my opponent snaps, we'll talk about this, like bar, uh, what's that damn location called? Bar Sinister? The, the, the four times one, I can't think of it. Bar Sinister, yeah. Bar yeah. Sinister. Pops up, my opponent snaps. I'm like, gee, I wonder why this guy's snapping. I got priority. I get rid of it, right? Uh, he's dedicated three cards to the raft. I, I storm it up, whatever, right? It just so much versatility for this card. The lockdown is just a bonus. I love Storm. 
Can you just admit you really love this variant? Like I know I bring, like you flash this variant. It's so good. Is this the best variant in the game? Like it's unbelievable. For those that are listening to the audio podcast, it's Storm. It's the nullified version. Her hands are literally just balls of lightning. She has that like Polaris top down kind of like I am literally gonna blow you up style. This is this is like a very Dragon Ball Z style. Feel I was just to gonna it. say DBZ. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, I love that pick. Storm's unbelievable. And you know what really has helped Storm? The idea that like it's move has not really been much of a thing. Like I was expecting move to be much more prevalent in conquest yeah. and the, on the ladder, but it, it hasn't been. It's because of what you said. It, you, you either have to full commit or no commit, right? Like, it, it, and I think people are just like, I'm just going to no commit. It's just, it's, it's a lot to learn, right? Uh, like even Ben Brode was like, um, I was like, you play Cerebro next. He's like, oh no, like. It's just not worth it. Not worth my time to know how to play it, right? Kind of. So, yeah, definitely storm my pick here. Uh, four cost, buddy. Oh, by the way, Juggernaut. I mean, uh, we can move up a Juggernaut, dude. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Four cost has to be high evolutionary. I was worried. Like, I, obviously, I wasn't worried that we weren't going to talk about high evolutionary, but like this card, like what do you even do at this point? Like, I think that it is absolutely wild. As a four, imagine this card came out as a four six, by the way. Like, can you, can you imagine it come out as a four six? We were like, guys, it's a four six as well. Like, remember when like that original leak had happened? Oh my gosh. So glad that they actually made that change uh, right, uh, proactively. But uh, I mean, it's it's absolutely insane. The combos are fantastic. I, I honestly think that Wasp is insane. I think Wasp is probably one of the highest performing. Obviously, the Hulk's insane too. But like, what do you even do to fix it? Like, I had this thought, like, what do you make? Do you make uh, Cyclops only like, you know, optics blast one person? Do you cut everything in half? Does Hulk only get plus one? Like, he still comes out as like, what, a 16 half the time? It's still huge, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't think that. It's like, I, it's it's a tough balance. Like, sometimes it's just like, it's a good card and I get it. I kind of like the idea and I want to hear what the, our viewers have to say. Maybe you guys hate this. Like, I, it's not like I didn't come up with this. I just heard it. The 4-0, the like, you, your high Evo is a dead card. Like you do not, you get nothing out of the card. You draw them, you lost that. But in return, you get cards with immense amount of ability. Even 4-1, I don't know. It doesn't have to be a 4-0. But I feel like that is kind of like your trade-off. That That is a way I feel like you could do it without hurting the, the, the investment, right? Which is, we're going to talk about Galactus, but I think it's what Second Dinner does best is they kind of make sure they don't kill cards or they try to after the leader thing. Yeah, leader was absolutely destroyed. But I think even when they rebuffed leader back to like, well, not really what it was before, they kind of said, hey, we don't want it got leader to be the term we use now. Like, <laughs> I remember that kind of uh, developer comment. And uh, I, just, I just think that high evolutionary, like, first of all, I'm of the camp that I'm glad it came out spicy a little bit. I'd rather it come out spicy, shake up the meta bit, be an exciting card for people. Like, it was so interesting. If it had been a crappy card that sucked, can you imagine everyone saving up 6,000 tokens for like the entire two months prior and it comes up and it just poo-poos all over itself? That would have sucked. Like no one would have liked that. I actually am kind of preferring that it came out a little spicy, maybe a little yeah. too spicy. And you know, now it gets brought down a little bit because there was so much anticipation here. Like this card is owned by almost everybody, right? Yeah. The four zero part, I think uh, it takes wind out of your uh, Jane Jaw, by the way. I think that's like, it's not insignificant. Four zero is not insignificant because... Like it really does take Jinjaw down a big, big notch, I think. But it also makes it so like you really don't want that card like in your hand. You just don't want to draw it. At the same time, though, the best part is playing those super powered cards. So yeah, what I had said before about like, oh, does one optic blast and maybe you nerf Hulk. Yeah, then those cards feel crappy again. You know what I mean? It's a delicate thing they're going to have to figure out, but I definitely think it's coming. And since it's coming in an OTA update, probably 
I think it's going to be something of power value, obviously. So we're, we're going to have to we're going to have to see there. My uh, forecast, I'll be quick on mine. Don't have to go into it much. I'll be honest. Uh, outside of Iron Lad, I could talk about him all day. Uh, White Queen, exactly where I thought. The Intel's great. Uh, even turn one or uh, battle one in the match, just playing her. And I'm like, I know what they got. I'll forfeit. Or I know what they got. Snap four cubes. What are you going to do? Play passively when the win the match, right? Uh, she's doing exactly what I thought. Have her with Quinjet. You have a five cost Do Doctor Doom playing the next turn. Like just super cool stuff with White Queen and and try to get your head out of like, well, I better play Devil Dinosaur. Like White Queen's just a good card. Just a good card. It's like play it in a lot of your decks. It's going to work out. It's the perfect card for Conquest to just squeeze into another deck to give you more value and more dependability and surprise. Five costs, Alex. For me, it's Profex. I think Profex has been wild. And partially because I've been playing a ton of Jeff too. Like I'm a huge Jeff enjoyer. Surprise, surprise. And so Profex has a very natural slot there. I think that location lockdown is extremely powerful right now. I My two cost was Daredevil. I mean, honestly, Cozy, there's too much to like about Profex. One combo I've been sleeping on, by the way, here's a little slide-in combo for you. i actually been trying some rescue into Profex because it's just so much power. Like people can't contest it. And I've even been doing rescue without the Daredevil because I'm like, you know what? If I put uh, rescue onto a location, I feel like I can confidently win with that burst and power. I mean, I don't need the Daredevil because yeah. I'm pretty confident that that Professor X is going to lock it down. Yeah, solid pick, man. It's uh, Right now, meta feels like cheat a lane, win a lane. You win, right? Like That's kind of how it feels. And uh, Pro X, just kill it. It feels, dude, I'm living in the highlight. People forget. Go back to my first videos, man. Like, I was the biggest arrow daredevil pro. Like, I all my cards are doing well, and I'm just like a proud father, you know, on, on Father's Day. Five cost card. Listen, dude, I mean, I just said, first of all, her name. I mean, guy, the fact that I get to use arrow and she be so dependable, dude, it's just, it's so good. And, and it's what you said, man. It's a Hulk. Oh my god, dude. It's the easiest cubes you'll ever get, you know? It's just like, it's so simple. She's now like the perfect Galactus counter, by the way, because of having more power than him as well. Uh, and so it's like, she does like every job. Dude, I can use Arrow again. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm amped. I love it. She's a good card. I, I've been putting her in everything. I'm, I, I know. Just look at this guy. Like, look at that smile on his face. For the audio listeners, his face is getting flushed with excitement. He is just... On the top of the mountain, screaming Arrow's name right now. I'm, hey, listen, I told you before I thought Arrow was good. I've been playing a ton of Arrow. She's so good. Yeah. And especially in this wave meta. I'm, yeah. I've been playing a ton of her in Sandman. And it is dirty. You know why? You know what I love about Electro Ramp Sandman? You play Arrow and you play Jeff, baby, on turn six. And there's nothing they can do about it. Dude, it's filthy. Put her in destroy. I'm like, uh-oh, I'm playing a... Sometimes. A free death, my Deadpool, and an arrow. It's like, are you kidding me? The, the, that kind of power is ridiculous. Player in move, I play her in everything outside of like discard. But uh, yeah, arrow's my five. Uh, Kang in select list has been fun. Don't put him in a bounce deck, nothing like that. I uh, put him in my ramp build, actually, because there's a lot of things you could do on ramp that you're like, ah, you know, and then uh, it works out. Kang, I feel, is awesome for gold conquest because people are super skittish. In gold conquest and you just you go in and you snap they're like damn i should i back and then you can kind of wither them down and, and kang just getting that one or two extra two cube wins gives him some value and i like it a lot he's a good threat interesting take there because i was almost going to bring up how i thought kang a little underperformed but maybe maybe you're right maybe there's an opportunity to just use it very offensively to wither them down slowly but surely but like Oh man, I tried to, I was making decks and I had Kang because naturally like there was a lot of excitement about Kang and Conquest 
it was just, he was too easy to cut. Does not belong in a good amount of decks. Like, bounce decks are the best example. Like, dude, you need that momentum. You need a lot going on. You can't afford even having a dead card in there, right? There's other decks that kind of are in the same vein. Even Destroy, man, I have a hard time cutting one card. It's the decks where you're like, Ramp, that works. Patriot, I'm already freaking blowing up with my Patriot Ultron move. I don't need another Mr. Sinister, whatever, right? He, he belongs in some decks, and the ones he belongs in, use offensively. To even get one or two extra cubes, I'm liking him a lot. He's a, he's a good card. Uh, six cost, man. Let's wrap it up. I mean, for me, six cost, it's Doc Doom. It's Doctor Doom and Conquest. I mean, it's, it's like it's, it's like the catch-all. It's the ultimate catch-all yeah. card. Sometimes in Conquest, you don't know what you're going to be playing against, but you're going to be playing against them for like five matches, potentially. You want a card that's just a damn good card. And I think Doctor Doom just, just knocks it out of the park. Like, this is a card that is very rarely disappointing. So often a win condition. It's just, I don't know. What can you, what can you say negatively about Doctor Doom? Yeah, uh, dude, I get it. Yeah, he's... Uh, He's just good. Yeah, he just feels good. He's going to get hit hard by Spider-Ham. He's going to get hit hard by Spider-Ham, and I kind of think he needs it without nerfing what he does as a whole. Dude, I get that. Artem Zola uh, is mine because I feel like he works as a surprise card and a nope out and a power card uh, and uh, like I I don't need the Monster Island. I take my monster, move it over here. He just feels good. I like him in a lot of my decks. He's definitely one that people don't love. I I definitely am more of an Artem Zola stand than most, but I stand by it. I think he just works and it was a card that I used in battle mode it's on as well, right? So it's kind of uh, seeing that uh, uh, it's it's cool. And Ultron, but he should have beaten a lot of decks. But uh, uh, So those are going to be our best cards, decks, and a little bit of our strategies. Excited to see what week two, three, and the infinite week uh, holds for us. Uh, the reward shop feels good. I think this is a good season one. I think there's some things they need to fix. There's a couple things in the reward shop they need to clean up. I would love there to be... I mean, dude, it already feels like you could buy so much, but I think they need to be able to make a couple things even higher priced, but you can buy them unlimited. Dude, it's, it's fun. It's a good game mode. They did a good job. All right, so Alex, there you go. The Conquest MVPs, decks, cards, strategies. We'll see what week two has in store for us. It's now time to talk about the June patch, but most notably, it's time to talk about Galactus and the nerf. Dude, I have never, in almost all of my videos, have seen two sides collide more man it was like the battle of the greats it was like this is the day snap died to this is the thing that saved snap i just love how polarizing of a card galactus is even when he's not being played galactus has been nerfed but also not he was dead now he's great people hate him people love him it's all over the place what are your initial thoughts my initial thoughts is it's definitely not a nerf. Like it's much more of a sideways move. I think <laughs> to some degree it's like, uh, yeah, like I think that like, first of all, I was of the camp that I didn't want Galactus to get destroyed. I wanted Galactus. Like it's such an iconic card. We don't want it to get completely destroyed, but at the same time, it was really problematic. It can't be sitting at, you know, 10% of the play. Whereas, you know, high evolutionary is what 20% right now, but that's a conversation for another day. Galactus had to get changed. And I think that, this was kind of a good first attempt, but I don't think they're done yet. Like the, the obvious synergy with like Hobgall and stuff like that. Like it, it's still a good card and uh, I've been caught by surprise with it a couple times, but now, I mean, now I'm not like, when I see the Hobgoblin come over. I'm like, okay, I think the fanciest ones are the move decks. The, the ones that have like the iron, the iron fist style gameplay with the Galactus. I think are really creative, but um, honestly, like, I don't mind it, but I don't think they're done tweaking it yet. I don't know. He feels pretty good to me, man. He feels pretty damn good. He Okay, so is he a worse overall card? Yes. The deck is worse overall. There's nothing that you can take away from that. 
it, and on top of that, it is like way less linear, which we've seen in the past. If it becomes less linear, like sure, people don't play. It's just like it was great because of that reason. But it's sick. It's way better in a lot of other decks, right? And, and other strategies. I think the core thing that I liked about it is that now to beat it, you play snap, which feels really good. And if you lose to it, like you deserve to, to lose at that moment, right? Depending what it was or what you did. I will say, dude, the deck, the junk Galactus deck is insane. It, it, it is a deck that focuses on pushing negative power like Scorpion and the Green Goblin. And like, no matter what, you're going to have a lane because now what's crazy about the seven power is that you have such a big lane that they've got to make up on. And it's not just that, like, because they have limited card space, too. Like, that Hobgoblin, man. Like, woof. Thank God for Destroy Decks and Carnage. You have to make up that power. But it's not even just that. You know what I think is the perfect marriage and snap? The perfect synergy, man, is Galactus and Destroyer. Like, the fact that this exists and that you can kind of decide as a Galactus player if you're going to go Destroyer Taskmaster as a kind of a last-ditch effort... It gives the deck a lot more consistency, man, in Conquest than I would have thought. And, you know, it's been not even a week. I think it's at a pretty interesting spot. And they can definitely tweak one number now. They turn it into a six, then they have a whole new subset of cards that beats it. But I feel like it's not bad. It's actually pretty legit. Yeah, like, it feels way better than it did before. Like, I can tell already my comment section chilled down quite a bit. I think that the hate of Galactus has kind of settled in. I do think that players who are really relying on Galactus were playing it a lot kind of didn't feel great about it because it definitely did drop down in power a little bit. But the key thing that I think you just nailed was that when you're playing Galactus, you're playing Marvel Snap now. And I think that wasn't the case before because before you weren't playing Marvel Snap. You were playing Galactus. It, hell, the person you were playing against couldn't even play Marvel Snap anymore. Yeah, like that's that was the problem with Galactus. And for the most part, I think that that is more or less corrected. Now, there might be a card that comes out in the future that turns into a disaster with Galactus, right? And then they'll have to revisit it because it is an extremely powerful effect. Make no mistake, right? It actually kind of reminded me similar to the, uh, you know, in your Red Brown interview when he's talking about the original Thor design, right? It's like, well, that would have seemed pretty damn broken. Yeah. And that's, you know, Galactus kind of has that immense impact on the board state. So I really do think that uh, it was a good change. I think it was a good step in the right direction, but I would be interested to see where they think they got to move in the future. One thing Second Dinner does well. Well, they take forever. Don't get me wrong on things sometimes that they should be quicker, but I don't know. I genuinely don't know what's better to be super fast with a change and it sucked. And then they have to do three more kind of like, I don't know, token acquisition, or do they, do they wait and make sure it's polished and then they release it and then it feels really good or better. It's a tough, it's a tough thing to kind of weigh against And there's never, you're never going to get everyone satisfied there. But in this case of Galactus, it's a decent first attempt and, and, and we'll see if, you know, it, it makes him as a big bad, still a good relevant card. Yeah. Actually, I was going to bring up something. It's you're talking about the kind of like the, the time frame. I was super surprised to see beast get changed as fast as beast did who, by the way, I think beast is fine for the record. I think beast is fine. However, I was like, it took so long to get Galactus done, but Galactus is much more polarizing than something than beast, but beast man. That uh, that change came pretty fast, right? Hopped on that quickly. Yeah, and you know what? Again, I almost have to just ignore my comment section on OTA videos because I don't know. They don't know. I just give my opinion. Most of the time, it's wrong. I suck. But to be fair, like, it, it felt like a sideways kind of nerf. And guess what? Bounce decks are still really good. But, you know, I think where it comes from is, like, in card games, you come up with all these really cool combos. And I, a, car, a, a, ner a nerf or a change to beast kind of can feel worse. 
<laughs> then another nerf of like a bigger card because you relied on this thing for like a lot of cool things you came up with. Uh, Rogue, be honest, I thought it was going to be a much different impact. I think what it is, bro, is that Silver Surfer list, there's other three costs I just rely on. And then in the uh, uh, the other lists with uh, Sarah Control, we just talked about it. Wave is kind of everywhere, so we're not seeing Rogue. I think it will mean something. I think it's going to be a great change for her. I just didn't see a big impact this week. Rogue has felt weird for me because I feel like there are a lot of players who are taking their own Luke Cage out of their high evolutionary list now. And that was kind of my major thing. I was like, well, I don't need to put uh, Luke Cage in my own deck because if I'm playing as a high evil list, I'll use Rogue, take their uh, Luke Cage. I'm like, hey, where the hell is their Luke Cage? Why are they cutting it? Aren't they playing against the uh, you know, high evil decks too, damn it? But anyways, I felt like Rogue's been okay. But you're yeah. right. Like in... Uh, it's like, okay, do you run Rogue or do you run like, you know, <laughs> there's, so, it's so funny because like at, at, with Surfer, you almost want to stuff so many threes in your deck, but you still need, you, you need Goose. And I'm a huge believer, a huge believer, no one can convince me otherwise, of the Killmonger Nova package. I go to that Killmonger, Killmonger Nova package all the time. I absolutely love it. And so like, okay, at that point, you're starting to run out of space already because you got your Sarah. Uh, do you, do you take out Juggernaut and Storm? Like, do you take out Juggernaut Storm? Yeah. Like, is that you take I out Maximus? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So it's like, what, what gives? What gives for Rogue? Can't be. It can't be Brood. Yeah, and now it's even worse. Right, like way more because I got to tell you, the home run of the patch, man. Like, oh, it feels so good. Dazzler. This is what I'm talking about. This is like reviving a dead card. I don't care what you say. This was a bad card, guys. Like statistically, we saw it the lowest. I think we just did the the, the popularity tier list. It was at the bottom. This now gives you another way to play Surfer, which is really cool. You take out the Storm Jug, you go with the Dazzler, some more Brood, so maybe Storm goes back in. So that's my point. It's like, where does Rogue go? Man, I was playing Dazzler and Ultron, and I was playing Dazzler with Surfer. And I, in fact, I think my first gold win was a Dazzler Surfer deck. Dude, great card. 3-8. Don't need a lot of investment. Can surprise people. It, it's, it's really cool to see, especially in the Surfer deck. It actually took me by surprise as well because I had been experimenting with, a, uh, with it a little bit and it did feel good. It did feel good. But for me, it's like there's so much competition space in Silver Surfer and just in threes in general. Like I actually think threes is an incredible card space. Like it's kind of yeah. funny. Marvel Snap, I feel like threes and fours, like uh, uh, during beta, fours kind of feel like a little underwhelming. But now the four drops with Darkhawk, even Rock Slide being what it is. And I, I mean, it's, it's recently got nerfed, but like it's still incredibly impactful. Like we got really good cards that have really good effects at three and four. Yep. And in Silver Surfer, you got to make tough choices because you can't just put everything in there. But I do think that Dazzler, like, it it takes a different headspace for Dazzler. Like, you can't just... I don't think you just plug uh, Dazzler into any Silver Surfer list. For sure. I, funny enough, I think I... I think I, I have to look back. I, on some of my lists, I cut Polaris because even though it's a 3-2, it's not. She's like a 3-8, man. So, like, yeah. you know, I, you have to make tough decisions. But I think that was the one where I'm like... It sucks because it really feels good when you can drop her and Maximus and Surfer. But I think that was the... I, I switched off a lot. Storm and Ladder would be switched out. I need Storm and Conquest. But yeah, great great changes. Interesting. Can't wait to see a couple weeks down how Galactus ends up feeling as a card. And we don't have a new villain yet. We don't have... I guess High Evo is the new villain. But we don't have a... High Evo is definitely the villain, I was going to say. We don't have like a true villain, I feel like. Like Galactus and Sherry for so long. But, you know, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, we're going to go to the last subject, though, Alex. And this is one that, uh, because of time, maybe we'll be a bit quicker on. But I do think it is important to talk about. And it's snapping. Now, we only do this every so often. But we talk about snapping in the game. Which, 
coincidentally, it's probably pretty important to learn the ins and outs of snapping, even if you can retain this just a little bit, but, but largely in conquest mode. I mean, yeah, you gotta nail it down in conquest mode, or you're simply just not even gonna beat silver. Alex, I want to talk about when to snap, how to snap, what you should be doing, but I want you to kick it off just like, first thing that comes to mind, when's we're going to bring up the snapping conversation. Snapping is by far the most important part of the game. And when I wanted to really buckle down and become an infinite player and make sure that like I was, I was playing the best Marvel snap I could be. The thing that I identified, which was problematic in my game was snapping. I was snapping at inopportune times. I was not snapping at the right times. And I think that as I started to iron out that strategy, my gameplay, my win percentages, everything went up and my cube rates went up significantly. I think the major thing about snapping is I do believe it's deck specific. And I don't think that it just comes right down to, well, just snap at turn four. Like, think about what Zabu used to do. If you had Zabu on turn uh, on turn four or three or whatever it was originally, you just snapped. Even if, even if you had nothing else in your hand, Zabu, you just snap. And I hated the way that was played. Now, each deck has very specific uh, kind of uh, power spikes, for instance. Like, for instance, Jane Jaw. If you have if you have lockjaw, I think you're in a snappable position right off the bat. Like if you're holding lockjaw, then you I think you can snap. If you're holding lockjaw wasp and you're not snapping, you shouldn't be playing that deck. I think knowing the ins and outs of the specific archetype should give you confidence as you play more of it to make more appropriate snaps. And I also don't think you should be snapping before you see at least two locations. But that's just me. Snapping is like you want to obviously like this is clearly obvious, but like in anything, you know, you want to double down when you have advantage. You want to you know, not double down or even retreat or whatever fold if you don't have the advantage. And when it's deck specific, you then know the cards or the things that you need, the identifiers to snap, right? Like a great example, Lockjaw there, right? Dracula turn four, five Modoc, you have Morbius down. There's And some of those decks are good because they're very obvious indicators on what to do and when to snap. Um, I think Educated Colin says it really good. He says like snapping is knowing you're ahead in the match when your opponent doesn't know they're behind. It's like such a great... A great like a little slogan and it's the damn truth right you, you gotta be able to you don't want to snap for no reason right like that's that's the number one thing that you don't want to snap for no reason for the love of god you, you don't want to just snap back i can't tell you how many times people snap and like yeah screw this guy right like he's snapping in my house and on a tuesday like no dude it's uh you did yet don't do that. You know, don't you don't want to snap when you've been losing a lot of games to try to catch up on ladder right uh, someone's throwing the uh, emote to you so you snap there's a lot of reasons not to snap um but what i will say is if you feel like you have gained the advantage in that battle and that could be as early as probably turn three turn two i think you could snap and select decks and circumstances but if you play like dude if you're playing sokovia and ultron and get whiffs and you, you see that right away. You're like, well, A, Patriot deck. B, they just lost one of their token cards. C, if they maybe have Doctor Doom. It just tells you a lot. And you now have an advantage, right? If you have a Sokovia and it gets rid of your Apocalypse. what Snap. You just got a free... You have an advantage on that person immediately. And it's important to realize that RNG can play a big role in snapping. One of the biggest ones when it comes to locations and or things that happen in the game. Draw. Playing on curve. Having, and what your opponent is playing is key identifiers. Now, knowing the deck is important, Alex, but I feel like knowing curve too and, and when you're able to play cards and your opponent had to miss two of the three plays there, that's also a really big indicators that it's probably a good time to snap. 
something that really helped my game immeasurably, okay, was honestly, and this is, I think, one of the biggest mistakes with snapping, is not staying in games when you don't have to. The idea of, like, your opponent snapping early. Listen, sometimes opponents snap early, right? And that's a good thing. I think aggressive snaps is one of the best ways to rank up. Like, knowing by turn two or three that, like, you got your lockjaw or you got your, your piece, snap, right? And I think it's a good snap. Even if you ultimately, like, you know, don't end up closing out the game, snapping when you're at the advantage is the correct choice. And one thing I just want to say is that, like, don't stay in a game, like, all, so often, so often in Conquest. I'll be in a situation where they'll snap. And I know I don't have the pieces in my, my hand. And the choice is I can leave now and give them a cube, or I literally can run the risk of doubling my losses just to see if I draw something that's going to help me. Why would you stay in a game and double the stakes just to see if you're going to draw something that's going to help your situation, which already sucks? Get the hell out. Go next. There's no reason. There's no reason for staying in that game if you know you don't have the piece you need. Don't wait for the draw. Lady Luck is never on your side. Just assume Lady Luck hates your face, okay? Go next. There's no point. And that's one of the reasons why, for me, I find myself giving a cube. A cube. And then I hit them for four back. Especially in Conquest, right? Like, and if they're snapping, they're not bluffing most of the time. Like, most of the time, they're not, like, all in. And they don't have, you know, they don't have like two kings or whatever. Like that was that pocket kings, maybe I sounded like a guy who's never seen poker in his life there. But, you know, they, they probably have their combos. You don't have your combo. You see a bar sinister and they snap. You know what probably it's going to be. And if you're trying to get more cubes and you have green goblin and bar sinister is the second location, just wait a turn and then snap. Like, don't don't go in right when you see it. There's nothing more obvious than like a location snap. But if you play a venom for 18 and they snap it's probably good to it's probably a good say that if you don't have priority that's shang chi you're done it's over they, you, they've got that on the on the on the platter right uh, so it's like looking at when your opponent is snapping is also something to really take into play yeah the tip is like uh, honestly if someone gives you the miss marvel thumbs up I don't care what your health is take you take them all the way back take them down you right? take them down yeah <laughs> yeah uh and, and i would say one other thing to, to keep in mind with snapping as well, Alex, is uh, when it's turn two, turn one. I actually used to like turn one snaps with like Mr. Negative and stuff. I, I, I don't ever really do it anymore. You just have to see the locations most of the time. This is not the case all the time. There's plenty of reasons why you, you don't have to. But if you're only seeing two locations and they have death domain on the third and they're playing destroy, you're done. If there's Strange Academy, they're playing a move deck. You haven't seen the first two hands. You're probably going to lose, right? And snapping on turn two, dude, they, nothing else changes after that until the last turn of the game, and then they can back out. So, like, you're not gaining anything out of it. That's why, like, on uh, my deck guides, turn three, turn four, uh, mostly turn four, turn five are the snapping turns for me. And, and I tend to get that cube. That's a little bit easier, right? And so when to snap is, is also important. Any other tips before we close it up? No, I think that we, we nailed it. And for the most part, I think that ultimately getting more familiar with a specific deck is genuinely going to help you learn its snap cadence, right? Because all different decks have different snap cadences. And I think that there's also something to be said of a sp specifically in Conquest, knowing what your opponent is playing and understanding what their snap cadence look like. And that that's something that comes with experience can help you save cubes as well. Because if you're playing against a negative deck and you know you're against a negative deck and they snap, turn two, Psylocke comes out, you know what's up. Yep. You know what's up, right? It's so you know you don't have to stay in that game. Unless, of course, you've got Wave or something. But anyways, that's a whole other conversation. 
But I think that knowing the cadence of your opponent's deck, but most importantly, yours. And this is something I think that as content creators, we struggle with a little bit because we play so much different stuff all the time that like I, I sometimes keep a list of like, you know, just to remind myself of like different snap cadences and stuff like that, because I think it's really important to understand the specifics uh, in and out of a, of a deck. And you're not going to get it after 10 games. You're just not the, cozy. I, this is a, okay. This is turning into therapy here, but you know, how often I get a comment on my YouTube videos. Where like I played, I played four games of this. I went on four. I'm like, you can't, how are you playing four games of a bounce list? And losing all oh, four and then getting like you, dude, you got to play at least 30 games. You have to, you, you don't even understand what you're playing yet. Dude. Like it just doesn't work that way. The, I, I had to put in my, my Jane Jaw video in the turn by turn. The first like big words, you can go check it out. It says, do know that this does have RNG elements and do not, you know, judge your first few games. And it takes a couple. And like the first 20 comments, like I went 0 and 5. This deck sucks. Or just if you just go to the comments at all, this deck sucks. I hate this deck. It sucks. And then like right now, it is literally one of the best decks to use consistently, you know, on the ladder. So it's it's funny. Yeah, you definitely we tell people to play the same deck over and over. Not to know your combos, guys. Like that's not what it is. It is knowing when to be aggressive and the decks it does well against. And I think conquest mode can really help solidify that, especially proven ground. So that is like the quick 101 on snapping. We could talk about this monthly, guys, if you want us to. I think it's uh, definitely a fun subject and very important in the game. All right, Alex, that's going to be it. As far as snapping 101, it's time to have the conversation that some have been looking for, uh, but I also think is important to address, and that's going to be uh, the bundles, the bugs, and the blunders. I got to be honest with you, Cozy. This has been something that I think has been weighing on the minds of a lot of Marvel Snap players, including myself. And I think what we want to start with is the bundles. I think the bundles have been one of those things that have been very controversial in the community for good reason, for good reason. I think that uh, any feedback the second dinner gets is valuable. And sometimes I wonder if the feedback isn't being heard loud enough until finally it hits its breaking point. And I think that's where we've hit with this with this Darkhawk bundle. Now, to basically give you a quick preamble here, Darkhawk is without question one of the top cards in Marvel Snap. In fact, a friend of mine, Cozy Snap, once said that if you had bought Darkhawk on day one, it was probably the best 6,000 tokens you've ever spent. Now, this has been a great card, Cozy, and it still finds itself in many decks, but we have ourselves a bundle. And I think part of the problem is Darkhawk didn't get dropped down. Didn't get dropped down when it was expected to. So there's a couple things kind of colliding here. And then we have this monstrosity. Not quite a bird. Also, not quite a deal. Uh, there's a lot to talk about on this bundle, and it's funny because I don't even know if it's like it is a lot to do with the bundle per se. I think there's been worse-ish, but it's more about the, the some of the things that are going on around it. Uh, and, and we've talked about this in the past, Alex. It's actually that it's a lot of its timing and just presence, right? And just like what is shown uh, with something like this in general and the things around it, right? So I'm excited that we're going to talk about not only like the bundles, but some of the bugs and things that have led up to a breaking point, uh, which I think we've gotten to before in like maybe the December area, right? But yeah, like I, I want this to be known. I've been called a secondary employee. I've been blasted this week more than ever, guys. And, and I got to tell you, like, I, I, I appreciate the passion. I want your voice to be heard. I want you to be passionate. Uh, and, and I'm good with it. I really don't care. But at the end of the day, guys, I, I, I hope they like me. If they don't like me, whatever. It's not a big deal. Uh, I, I just don't care. And I'm going to speak up to the things I need to speak up to uh, if it's something that bothers me. And I try to. I really do try to. But it comes to the not quite a bird deal. I think the biggest thing is it's not only the three times value. Like this was a miss. We know that big time. 
Like, what? what is this doing here? It blows my mind. It's hilariously misplaced and, and just it's just terrible but it's also the things that led up to the event and i've told them multiple times this was terrible in fact i this was data mined i i messaged several times you probably don't want to do this you probably this is probably a bad idea guys i this is things i say on the side all the time uh, and lo and behold it launched a dark hawk guys is not going to solve your meta problems it's not going to make you hit infinite but but to hold them back this is where the frustration comes and this is what i get as well to hold them back and then to have this as a timely just so happens bundle uh, is the main core problem uh, the, the price whatever none of that bothers me it's it's what has happened around that i'll be honest dude i don't think there's a secondary employee that could that, that does is like yeah this was a good decision to launch this that's the thing that i keep getting back to like how how does this happen because like in some degree like you're 100 right the time was terrible the idea of holding back darkhawk from the series drops and then having this package come out which obviously could be seen as and interpreted as $29 or $30 American to essentially buy a meta relevant card before it drops right you have a ton of boosters in there which are not of significant value you have a thousand credits in an avatar you're literally almost paying $30 American for the card itself like realistically that's pretty rough. I'm still kind of flabbergasted that this made it through because I don't think there's anybody, this couldn't have passed the site test on anybody. This is one of those things where like any anyone playing Marvel Snap could have told you, you, you look at it and they say, nah, this is a bad idea. It, it, it can't launch like this. It, can, it just can't because the optics of it are, the optics of this are worse than Cyclops' eyes. Like that's how bad it is. Like it's just the optics are so bad. This sh it should have been scrapped. It just should have been scrapped. It comes down to the decisions of holding at that specific moment, Darkhawk, announcing it right then and there at the patch. Then lo and behold, you can just buy the card. And here's the thing. I, I It's like you got to be all in with the like you can't pay for power stuff like this. Like I don't I want it to be known. Call me a shield. Call me what you want to guys. I, I, I want it to be known like the kitty for free was insanely ins awesome. All right. They dropped two cars in series four. Awesome. And I could tow all the great stuff. And like, remember that happened. You can't just bring up the bad things. I get it. You get a fly in your food. The other food was good, but this pissed you off. Like, I understand that. But this overshadows it because of what I just said. You could have had a good meal, but if there's a bug in the food, you're pissed at the restaurant, right? And so the three times, it's like, it's a culmination, man. It's a, it, it was a snowball uh, of a lot of things. If you look at Fortnite, which you can crap on the game all you want to, but if you look at Fortnite, they have... I, mean, I don't know, Anakin, Dragon Ball Z, all these different things, right? But all these costumes, at least from what I know, all these visuals cost the same currency. So we either need the same standard of a standard, like, you know, you can pay for cosmetics. That's fine. But they should all be around that same value. Or you get rid of what I always thought was kind of crazy to begin with. I remember when we first talked about the season pass review, I was like, wait a second. If you're not in pool three and you get this season pass, you got X card. I remember thinking that. And I was like, wow, that may not age well. I just don't love that you can, that, that, that that's a thing. Cause it does feel like something that they are monetizing and that buying, you know, buying a car, you gotta be all in or all out there, Alex. This particular package, it really destroys, I think the trust, the trust that a lot of the casual player base has. And it also destroys all the goodwill that this game has built over the last little while. That's my biggest concern, okay? When you make a mistake like this, when you release a product like this, what happens is it displaces the trust that you've earned. And something that a teacher a long time ago told me, I remember this, they said, trust is one of those things that's very difficult to build. 
and it's very easy to destroy. But the thing is, it's like they it, the response is like there's something bigger coming, and that's where I like started that conversation off with like you can't though start with the bad and then like slip this in there too, and then do the good. Like even the silk thing, they 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 ended up retracting it a bit, but like the weekend missions didn't happen. They gave everyone that bought silk a thousand tokens. Their reasoning behind that is like, this didn't affect you if you didn't get silk. But it's more of like, that's probably not a, you probably need to give more out to, to like, just, you, you don't want to like target the group that spins, right? Like that's just another disconnect of a visual. Uh, you know, they put in a, who knows how many man hours into Nexus events. This was in the beta and it was essentially a loot box system. And they, they kind of toted it up to be events and something really cool. A feature came out, it was loot boxes riots on the street from the beta community like this is stupid everyone was like almost done with snap who knows how many man hours went into that they scrapped it like the next day or like two days after whatever it was they scrapped it. it's gone they, they, they we made a mistake it's gone i just this is so much easier to do that with right and, and here's the thing i don't think this is like oh my god this is the biggest deal ever it's just kind of like i expect i'm i'm disappointed you know what i mean like it's like a dad to his son like i don't hate you i'm just like i expect better Whatever it did take to probably not launch this, it probably should have been done. The thing about this, I want to reiterate what you said as well. And uh, part of the, the reason why I tend to be a little more forgiving is honestly, I, I've I've met the team, part of the, the team at Second mm. Dinner. I've met these people. They're wonderful people. They love their game. They're working extremely hard on the game. If you're someone out there that thinks that Second Dinner is intentionally sabotaging the thing that they're committing their last several years of their life to, you are way out to sea, okay? These people love their game and they want their game to be the best it can be. That's what kind of blows my mind. When I look at this package, I'm like, there's no way there's no way any employee you could have taken the custodian and said does this look like it's right and they would have said hell no and <laughs> it's not the cost it's not, even the no. cost it's not even the cost though to me at least like that's just like another like i don't buy like a you know a, an expensive cup of co whatever right it's more of like it's it's the image of it all dude it's the it's the holding it back and then 100%. like here you go the card's not even like, guys, I'm rocks and hawks. It's my thing, man. I forget I'm the dark hawk guy. And it pisses me off because I like, this is the card that I love. And it's getting, you know, used like as bait almost, right? It's the image. I think PC launches can be very important for them to restructure things because you're not only a mobile game anymore. And they're going to probably, that's probably what this whole big picture is about. You know what I mean? They need to treat the monetization with the respect it deserves. Because right now, like I... Even the collector bundle, like there's so there's there's so many question marks, and like some like we're gonna get an arrow bundle, which is immense value, and the deltas, the deltas between the amount of value you're getting with these bundles is crazy. Even the like it, this was up at the same time as the scorpion bundle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, I got, just does. I'm the biggest Darkhawk fan, sense. and I got the scorpion one. I didn't get the other one, especially because of how good you know this was per se. But and again, that's where it comes down to like it's selling for the card itself and i think that's one of the more core issues and if you're going to do that it needs to be standardized or else it looks like you're targeting one specific thing now for the fun stuff and that's spider ham spider ham is going to be coming out this week uh actually tonight basically it's coming out tonight and uh, i'm of the opinion that spider ham is going to absolutely slap this card is by far my most anticipated release coming here because it is going to be a huge pain in the ass, Cozy. This card is going to drive people nuts. I think this is going to be the new big bad, the new villain everyone's been waiting for. You thought High Evolutionary was annoying? Well, get ready for Spider-Ham. It's the new leech. The new leech, guys. People are going to be going nuts over Spider-Ham. Yeah, it's like, I, I. it's so funny. I think it was a great point you had with like High Evo, where it's like, you can get so excited because the card's like, oh, this is going to be great against Galactus. And then you forget what it'll do back to you kind of thing. 
you know, ultimately, I like it. I Again, I it's... Man, these cards are dangerous to release because they need to be there. Like, the arrows, the Shang-Chi's, the Enchantress. But it doesn't take away... Even Bin Bro! I know we've said his name a billion. Even him on my interview, I said, what is your most, ho uh, most hated card? He's like, Shang-Chi. Didn't even take him a second. Like, people hate the, the tech cards. They're meant to be hated. Let's talk about Spider-Ham, Spider-Pig. And going straight to Series 4, which is also pretty nice as well. Uh, due to 1-1... One, one. That, if you guys don't know, it changes your opponent's highest cost card into a pig. That is virtually useless on ability, but it keeps the same power. Now, Alex, there's a lot of things to break down with this card. What are your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts is that it is fantastic. I think it's awesome. I think it's going to be a great turn 5 play because it's more than likely that they're going to be having their turn 6 piece, right? If you play it on turn 1, they might have not even drawn their uh, Magneto. They may not have even drawn their Galactus. They might not even drawn their piece that they're expecting to play. On turn 5, you slide it in there in conjunction with, you know, your uh, whatever the hell else you want to play, then fine. I actually think it's going to be awesome. And uh, it's going to be great in Conquest. I think it's a really fun control card. It's going to be infuriating to play against. And I actually think it raises the stock of Chavez a little bit because Chavez gets to dodge it. It destroys the stock of Doctor Doom. And uh, I kind of wish it came out a little earlier because it would have maybe solved a little more of the Galactus hate. But uh, then again, CLV. It's a cool card to, to counter. It's kind of like Wave, right, for Sarah. It's a cool card to counter a lot of the powerful decks. And I can promise you the people that are going to hate this card the most are discard decks with Apocalypse, Galactus players, probably Sarah, Miracle. Probably Death. Oh my god, it's unplayable. The Hulk from High Evo. Those are going to hate that, right? Obviously. And they're going to be the loudest because it affects decks that they play. But it helps those other decks to kind of be a bit better. Now, I think we have confirmation. We'll know by tonight that you can see the card that it hits, which is also nice for Intel. Uh, if you can't, you can. But if you can, that's pretty awesome. Uh, and I like how they balanced it because if you bounce it back, which I think it'll be played in bounce decks, it, it could hit the same card again. So you don't get like this crazy effect. I know it's a random selection, so if they're playing ramp, it'll, like, if it had a pig, it might hit another pig. Uh, but you kind of said it well. I like it on the early turns for Intel, and if you hit their Apocalypse or whatever, you snap, dude. Like, we just talked about that on my uh, side. But the, on the other side, dude, it's the perfect curve-out card. Like, right? Like, it's turn five, you're playing a Surfer deck, like, man, I have leftover energy, I might as well just pop the pig, you know? I... I that it, it being one cost is wild. I think that it being one cost is so good because you're right. It's the perfect curve card. And it, it also has this universal appeal, which like it can kind of go anywhere. It can kind of be in any deck. Like it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't have to, it feels like Iceman, except it's basically Iceman if Iceman was Leech, which I mean, this reason why Leech is the middle of the screen here. Also, this variant is offensive. However, I will tell you that like it is basically the Leech version of Iceman. And it, it, I think it can have a huge impact on the meta. Like, I actually think that this might be a card that's going to drive people insane. And I think it was really prudent to them to release it into Series 4 to give it more access to people. Funny enough, the, the previous tech cards have whiffed most of them. Like, Negasonic, whatever. All these cards that they, we thought would be better, they didn't really play out that well. Being a one-cost card, this is probably the card to get, man. This is a good card to get, guys. If you want my honest opinion, this is a good card to get that has a lot of versatility. What I like about it is the pig, from what we've learned, turns it into a no-ability card. So my man Patriot gets a little bit better, which is great, man. I mean, yeah, it screws your Ultron, but at least you get like a little a little something out of it. And I like that you do have agency to play it on any turn, and, and, and depending on the turns that you play it on, you know, maybe they... Uh, maybe you know they're going to play MODOK, right? So they play MODOK, they have Pryo, woof, 
They don't have Swarm, hopefully. Actually, it doesn't matter if they have Swarm. And you know that you're hitting APOC. You know you're hitting it, right? So there's going to be ways to use this card strategically. This is a no-question buy for me. Uh, I think this is a really good card that you're going to get your value for. And uh, I think people are going to regret it because this card is going to suck, man. It's gonna, people are going to hate this thing. It's, people are going to hate it for sure. It's going to be so hated. But they should hate it. It's actually, it's going to change. It's going to change the landscape of, of like six cost cards, in my opinion. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. for instance, Magneto's value, I think actually goes up because it's a card that if it gets hit as a six twelve, like obviously the ability to, to affect multiple lanes, but still good. Giganto, All does of it these. get better? Look at this little row. Yeah. This little row here is just like the row. If you're not watching, it's Magneto, Agatha, Gi oh, Agatha. Mm, it's her season. Giganto, Destroyer, and the Infinite. All of those, welcome. Welcome. Infinite just loves it, eh? But like, but then again, someone like Zola. Zola hates it. Like, what, what's Zola going to do? Yeah. Destroy decks, man. They're going to get rocked, sadly. Death gets hit. You have an unplayable card. Zola gets hit. Null. There goes your combo. Null. Bye, dude. Like, oh, man. Leader somehow gets worse. Hella. Doom is a nightmare. Hella's going to suck, too, dude. There's a lot of these that are going to... I'm trying to think what's even like... If it gets hit, it's like, okay, that's fine. I guess She-Hulk, who kind of just disappeared in the limelight. Orca. I mean, yeah, or, or, Orca's still, like, yeah, Orca's Orca. Like, realistically, I, I think Chavez is a winner here, because I think Chavez is always going to dodge it. But, like, you don't, there's very rarely a time where you're like, I want to play Chavez. And if you're playing Chavez in a discard list, it's because Apoc probably just got hit, right? Which sucks. And, dude, the other thing is, like, we've seen it from history past, right? Outside of one outlier which some people would say too because of Howard. Like, yeah, Snow Guard, okay, I get it, sucks. But like Kitty Pride and Nebula, we knew one cost card equal good, right? Because you have so many opportunities to play it. It has a lot of decks that it can fit into. Dude, I think this will be the same. So closing thoughts here, Cozy. I'm going to let you go first. Smash or pass on Spider-Ham? I think this is a card to buy this season, probably the number one if you're looking for general play. Spider-299 is my favorite, but this is like the, this is probably the one. Uh, to get and yeah dude it's uh I, I, here's the thing if you don't buy it now it's just gonna hit you someone's gonna hit you uh, with it a couple of times and buy the weekend missions to get some currency back you're like all right i'm i'm, I'm i've had enough smash i see you smash that bacon you got it i think this card's damn good i think it's gonna be phenomenal and uh even if it's not that good i mean the flavor of it everything's so good about it like i i love this card i think it's gonna be great and i think you're right People are going to hate it. This is going to be a top tweeted card. It's going to be like, I was holding this. Look what happened to this. It's basically a budget leech. Yeah. People are going to be pissed. People are going to be so pissed. I know, dude. We're, we're gonna, I'm going to get comments where I'm not dogging on the, the pig. Maybe at most it goes like a 2-1. I don't know. We'll have to see, dude. We don't even know. We have no idea. It could suck, guys. Like It's probably not going to, but it, it, it's, it is going to be uh, wild, especially if it gives Intel, dude, like Yondu. But Yanu destroys a card. This was something they actually had in their hand. So you're like ruining their hand draw. Like, dude, it's for one. Uh, dude, when I saw 1-1, one, one, guys, I see cards way in advance through data mining because I do a lot of art stuff. I was like, 1-1. One, one. I was like, oh, okay, well, these are just like placeholder stats. And then it came out. I was like, oh, well, I'll be damned. I'll be damned. But uh, speaking of, let's talk about some bad cards, Alex. And our favorite bad cards and i love this guys i think it's always good to have one fun subject and this is definitely the one for this snapchat after a very serious one and, and spider ham hit me with your favorite bad cards dude yeah i've been looking forward to having this conversation for a couple weeks now because like honestly i'm obsessed with playing garbage cards i love when people are like yo this card sucks who would ever play it and i'm like i'm gonna beat you with it i'm gonna get the like gold conquest done with this absolute trash heap card to prove that maybe there is a little bit of merit 
right? There is a little bit of merit. And the one that I recently did a video on and people were like, like seriously, Alex, really? This, this is the card that is going up to like 32 power? Wolfsbane! Wolfsbane! Yeah. I was playing Wolfsbane in a Wong going, not a Wong going, sorry, a Wong on reveal list, which by the way, I'm telling you right now, on reveal is Smacks. definitely being slept Smacks, on. Smacks, dude. Oh my god. No one's playing Cosmo right now, which blows my mind. I am putting but up so much power with on reveal. It's and oh I must I have gotten five right proven now. ground tickets just with Black Panther Arnim Zola. I was like, thank you. You don't have the counter. Eight cubes, goodbye. Like <laughs> Yeah. It's just and Wolfsbane, I love it. I love Wolfsbane so much because like when you drop Odin on that Wolfsbane. Oh, chef's kiss just procs up. It just goes so vertical so fast. And the thing I love is it does something great. Like you can have Wolfsbane, okay? You can have Wong. You can have Wolfsbane, okay, almost play like you're a bot. You play the Wolfsbane by itself. People are like, bro, like what is this, right? You play Wong on top. You play your white tiger. Then you play Odin. You're going wide and vertical at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's so good. It's so good. And people don't play it. People do not play this card. It's generally considered bad. I love it. Dude, I was playing this with uh, some Dazzler builds, and this is one that I think marries perfectly with Dazzler, because what do you want with this card? You want to fill it up. We, like, told the, from the gods, we're like, oh my god, Maximus is the greatest card. And Dude, this can get the 3-7 like that. You know, like, obviously you can brood. have three cards. Yeah, Brood. One card or whatever. Like, it, there's so many cards. There's ways. And with Dazzler, you're looking to fill up locations. Wolfsbane, the same thing. I think it's underplayed. I think it's massively underplayed. Uh, dude, what a great start. I'm going to hit you with a card that sucks and is not near as good as Wolfsbane, but I think it's much <laughs> better than people uh, people think. And uh, you can uh, count on it because I already have the footage. Multiple gold conquest wins with this one card because nobody sees it coming. We're going to stay here, baby. Negasonic. This card is Garbo. Obviously, is what everybody says, but here's the thing. It's got a lot of synergy and destroy for a lot of reasons. Uh, you can use it for you and against the opponent. Do not play this thing on three. Do not play it up probably on four. Get the trade-off value. And right now with the meta, bro, oh my god. Like, discard. It's turn four. You know they're playing Dragula. Throw it over to where you think they're going to play it. it. You throw it in. Uh, the, the, how I got my conquest wins gold was uh, the Hulk. Dude, the amount of times I traded this little 3-5. Three, 3-5. Five. Three, five, and I killed the Hulk. That, and, and the whole point of that deck is to win a lane, right? So I was like, uh, you, you get one lane and then you win just with the Hulk. I took it down. Uh, you guys will see the footage this week. Negasonic provided a lot of value. Destroy decks. I have Bucky Barnes. Throw it on top of there. Professor X guaranteed safety lane like rescue, uh, but a little bit better. Was watch out for the wasps. Don't play too early. Killer card. It's funny because I remember with Negasonic, I bought it on release. I was so excited for it. And it is a card that has tremendous amount of potential. And it just feels like I was forcing it in the wrong ways. And then I felt like the more I played with it, the more I realized like, hell, this is a really good tech card. Especially and like there's even, dare I say, Daredevil synergy with it. Yep. Like there's so much you can do with this card. And it, it, it beats out like Cosmo. It goes through Cosmo. Like it is much more reliable than you would think it is. And uh, it can be scary to play, like, you play it in, and, like, what's your opponent do? Like, a bounceless, maybe they can just feed something into it, right? But, I mean, what's a high evolutionary deck do? And that's why you hold on to it, but what's also crazy uh, with this is, like, when you play a destroy build, uh, a couple things to know. I've tested it, so you're safe not to. Venom eats it, doesn't blow up, guys. He's fine. He eats the power. It's just great power to get from Venom. But number two is, like, Sabretooth, let's say. You throw him in there, just goodbye, good sweet son. You get yourself a free Sabretooth. 
and you're building up your null. You're not wasting this card's power. You're giving it to another card. So like, that's the whole mindset around it. Is it good in other decks? Probably not, but it's awesome in Conquest, especially with Destroy. So what's your next card, dude? All right, for me, it's gonna be Crystal. Now, this I know this is a hot take. People are like, really, Alex? You like playing with Crystal? I do, listen, it's, I still think the card sucks, honestly. I've been experimenting with it a lot, and in some decks, you're like, I, I just really need my Hella. Like, I, I don't care if they draw more yeah. cards. I always play with the Mindset Cozy. I don't know if you're the same. I just assume they always have their pieces. They always. they always have everything they need against me. That's the way I live my life playing Marvel Snap. For me, I almost never have my damn pieces. I don't have Ultron when I'm playing Ultron to the Patriot. Like, it just never shows up. There are games where I'm like, huh, I'm playing Discord. I'm like, did I forget to put Apocalypse in my deck, right? And Crystal gives you that, that card draw. And, like, it's pretty crazy to think what one additional card can do. It's basically the power of Adam Warlock without the annoyance of trying to play Adam Warlock. Yep. Yes, your opponent gets it. But I actually think it's pretty valuable in some lists. Yeah, combo, combo decks... Love this baby. If you get your hazmat, it's done anyway, right? Also, like, bounce is so popular, their hand's always full anyway, dude. So it's like, they barely get a card, and if they do, they don't draw, so it evens out, or whatever. Like, it's not a bonus. The 4-4 four four is what hurts, but, uh, dude, I, yeah, it, it's a bad card that has uses, for sure. I've been trying to work on a list. I don't have anything to announce quite yet, but keep it on the channel. I've been working on a brew with, uh, with Ronin. Uh, which I think is pretty cool because you could use crystal in a Ronin based list with uh, with something like a uh, Master Mold, right? With Master Mold, I think that's actually pretty interesting. Uh, you could either deny the draw or like you basically just draw them cards and use that to power your uh, your Ronin Mystique play uh, later on in the game. So I do think that crystal's kind of being slept on. I would love if it was four or five. I think four or five, just come on, give me that OTA. Give me that OTA. We did the patch change. Give me the OTA now to four or five. It's where Rockslide is, and we know that Rockslide had an ascendance from garbage, and I think that Crystal could do it too. Yeah, dude, for sure. I will say the next bad card, I'll stay in forecast. I got uh, this one and one other one. Omega Red, dude. Bad card. Bad card. Not a good card. Uh, but in Conquest, not bad. He feels really good to complement decks that are trying to achieve the same thing that he's doing, uh, right? Which is why I put him in my um, my surprise Ultron, right? Because I have Dazzler in there. I'm already building one lane tall. I've got Ultron where I'm filling out the other lanes anyway, right? Or a control deck. You're closing down with Storm. Y y you're, you're fine. That's okay because you have ways to get power to there. Dude, it's so damn hard to win by 10 power. It's so hard. Don't get me wrong. The card sucks. It's actually a card that I've always enjoyed playing, but you're right. It, it does kind of suck. I think that 10 power is way harder than it has to be. I traditionally played it in like Invisible Woman style lists, uh, but that was on ladder. In Conquest, like it's a surprise card that once the surprise is revealed, man, it's hard to like play that again. Like it's, it's not a surprise card that like really like Valkyrie, for instance, I feel like Valkyrie always has a play. Even once you, they yeah. know it's in your deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Omega Red, it's like, Bruh, you're playing Omega Red now. Now I know Now I know what's up, right? So it's like, it loses that value. So I think that's a good call. But it is so fun. When you get that, just that right play, the Omega Red onslaught, you're like, oh, 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 it does feel super good. And that brings me to my next card, a card that feels good, but honestly is just bad. It's just bad. And we're going to the two costs. For me, it's a Koye. I mean, I want to love this card. Whoa. I want to love this card. I know. Talk about a card you probably forgot existed. Okoye is terrible. And anytime I make like I like I like value-based lists. I often try to make lists where like you're playing all six turns, you're playing as much power as you can. I think Okoye does wonders for Captain Marvel, because that five-seven uh, flying around is 
believe it or not, much more impactful than a 5-6. Could you believe it? Yes, I think you can. So Okoye is good. However, you don't draw on two, it's terrible. Like it's just it's one of the worst cards in the game to not draw on curve. Like worse than Daredevil. Daredevil, yeah, if you play it off curve, feels bad, but you still get that payoff on turn five. Okoye feels disgusting. Disgusting on any turn other than uh than turn two. But it's kind of like a mental game because realistically, like if she if you play two cards that she buffs, is she not a two-four? Yeah, so it is. I think Lockjaw can use her too. That was a hot thing for a while, but like being able to throw her as a token card for only two feels pretty good as well, right? Now, she got worse after Lockjaw can only do one cycle because you obviously want to try to use other ones. But yeah, dude, I've tried to use her in decks like that really love the boost, like Deadpool or whatever, but it ends up there being another card. But I do get it. Like she's fun. And if you're going to run her, run Nakia, then you're running two bad cards. It's like, oh my God, dude, I like the pick. Uh, I'm going to go with my last card here. And it's, uh, I don't think this is a shock. Some people might be like, it's not even a bad card, Cozy. I think Kingpin, dude, I got to always go back to him. Love him. Fun card, man. Crazy. He destroys an effing card like that. Multiple. It's wild. You can do stuff on your side with him. Very strong, especially with Invisible Woman's buff. I feel like he's underplayed. Stegron. Magneto. There's a lot of crazy things. Move decks are getting popular. This guy's a new plate as well. I actually had a deck with uh, with Kingpin on the board, and I had Heimdall and uh, Ghost Spider with Nimrod. And the idea yeah. was is that you can actually Heimdall the Nimrod into your own Kingpin, or you can play Ghost Spider, pull Nimrod into the Kingpin, and then on with your remaining mana, play Venom on one of the other locations. So he blows, and then Venom blows him again. Like It's like chef's kiss combo but uh, i hate to say it a little unreliable one might say Very it's well. like oh I, I drew the perfect draw i get to win this game you know what i mean right. but um i i do love that pick as well i mean you've been going back to king i'm actually really upset you you showcased that variant and not the hawaiian shirt variant how oh, dare dude, you i love this one and the how pirate dare, like, one he's got all good ones though dude they're all bangers he's literally wearing your shirt in reverse like go back to that oh, it's yeah. your shirt opposite colors oh basically. man dude look at him he is he is Oh, those forearms. Yeah, I, the, the Kingpin, I, I, I've been loving him for a while, man, for sure. And uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't realize he's he's in the in the cozy shirt uh, club, dude. Uh, but yeah, dude, Kingpin, love him. Do you have any uh, last ones to close it up? Yeah, let me just hit you with two more. One, I already mentioned that was Ronan. I actually do like Ronan. I think he needs some love. He just, he feels like a crappier devil dinosaur. Although, I, as I said before, with Crystal, and listen, sometimes I'm looking for a reason to run Baron and like those kind of underplayed cards. I think there is some value there. It just doesn't quite do what I want it to. I think it could use a little bit of extra power. I think Devil Dinosaur is much more reliable because of its play pattern. Because obviously you can control how you play down Devil Dinosaur, whereas your opponent can be incentivized to destroy your Ronin. Uh, but my last card, and by far one of my favorite cards I enjoy playing, even though it actually does pretty much suck, is going to be the three-cost Gambit. There's very oh, few cards Gambit, in Marvel yeah. Snap. Yeah, there's very few games uh, cards in Marvel Snap that are as exciting and fun to play as Gambit. It really does feel bad. I don't even know what you do with it. I don't even... Is it just power you add to it? I'm not sure. But it does have, like, the potential to be completely game-shattering. Like, it is an immensely powerful effect. Maybe it could be a card type of card that has more power, but it can only actually, like, shoot as often as it discards. So if you run out of cards in your hand, it can't actually shoot anymore. That could be a nice little nerf kind of change. But who am I? I'm no game dev. But I love Gambit. Yeah, dude, I I feel like he's the perfect lottery card. Like he, I I don't mind him where he's at because he's like what he does is bonkers, and he doesn't even need a freaking card to do it. But three one discourages him. You don't really know what he could get rid of. Discard you do calculated discard now. So yeah, he's a bit 
He's a bit, he's a bit odd, man, but uh, Gambit's a fun one. Lots to talk about a longer end of a podcast, but hopefully you guys enjoyed and we have a whole nother crazy week ahead of us. More OTAs, a lot more conquests coming down. And then I think the week after that, we've got ourselves uh, the Infinity Conquest. All right, guys, have a good one. Have a great one. And until the next one, happy snapping.